Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Overcast, the Chargers Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this current episode, as the greatest season kicks off, we discuss nature use efficiency. I'm joined by Dr. David Wall from Chagas Johnson Castle, who discusses some of the various factors influencing efficiency in nature uptake, best practice for early spring applications, and the role of protected urea in fertilizer programs for the coming season. Okay, I'm joined now by Dr. David Ward from Johnstown Castle. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Karen. David, look, we're in the springtime, we're thinking about fertilised applications on farms. Specifically, we're thinking about nitrogen application on farms. And I suppose a key thing that keeps cropping up is deficiency in nitrogen usage on farms. It is expensive. We like to get our best bang for a buck. Maybe we just start by talking about the key factors that influence the efficiency of nitrogen utilisation. Okay, Kieran. Well, uh, nitrogen use efficiency is a key issue. It's it's becoming more and more important now, given uh, the environmental concerns, but also kind of keeping uh, costs of production down on a farm. So, in terms of the key things to improve nitrogen use efficiency, obviously, fertilizer rate and timing is key. Getting your soil fertility right so that you the the, the plants are able to utilize that nitrogen. Using the slurry or the resources that you have on the farm as efficiently as possible. pH and liming is key for unlocking the nitrogen that we have stored in the soil, organic matter in the soil. And then another key technology um, that, that every grassland farmer should be thinking about in terms of his reseeds, putting clover into the system that can fix nitrogen from the atmosphere. It's for free and you can reduce your nitrogen fertiliser from that. Yeah, I think you, you touched into it, like the environmental story is certainly topical at the moment, and we'll come back to that in a moment, but it has always been the case from a financial point of view, if we address some of the low-hanging fruit, like getting pH right, putting out lime, they're the simple things we can do, and it's, it's really getting a bang for your buck with that. Uh, certainly. Um, you know, it's these are technologies that have been around for an age. However, what's good in terms of efficiency on the farm is good for the pocket and also good for the environment overall and uh, concentrating on getting those key things right they, they might be around for a while but they're still as valid today as they ever were and maybe just speaking about getting key things right in terms of the first application it's probably a time of year we don't get as good utilization from an efficiency point of view certainly from productivity and getting grass grown is important but what are the key considerations we need to consider for our first round application in spring Okay, Kieran. Well, the first application is probably the most riskiest uh, um, application and complicated if you don't get a couple of things right. So the return on, on investment of every kg of nitrogen that goes in at this time of the year, we'll say late January into February up to mid-March, is going to be a lot lower. So the return is a, less than or about 10 to 1. So 10 kilos of growth or dry matter per kilo of nitrogen input. If we think about that out into April and May, that'll go up to 30 to 1, maybe even to 40 to 1 there at, at while you're growing your silage. So during this period of low growth, there's a few t- key things that we need to think about. Temperature and moisture levels uh, can work for your favor, in, in favour of grass growth, but also can work against it. So we need an adequate soil temperature, a minimum of 5 degrees or above for grass to start growing. So there's no point in having the nitrogen hanging out there if the temperature in the soil is low. If soils are waterlogged and wet, there's no oxygen in there. So 
Uh, we also need the soil to dry out sufficiently. Obviously, a good way to look at that is if you're able to travel with the tractor without doing damage, um, you probably have a moisture level that's going to be conducive for the crop to grow. So it might be time to consider growing, uh, growing uh, putting out your, your nitrogen fertilizer. The other thing then is, is grass cover. Swards that have very low cover have very low capacity to take up the nitrogen at that time because grass growth, light interception is low because you don't have the cover of grass. So we need a, a reasonable cover, I would say somewhere in the region of 800 kilos and above uh, to really take up that early nitrogen. Weather then, prevailing weather is another thing to think about. If the, the weather is going to be cold and wet for the, for the, the week ahead, I'd uh, rather leave the nitrogen in the bag and, and wait for a, a period of, of better growth. So you do have to consider, like, from a return on investment, they are key factors. And from an environmental point of view, they're also key factors we need to consider. So again, look, we're talking about urea at that time of the year. It probably leads us on to the next bit. It kind of ties in with the environment at the moment and a lot of what we see in the media. Protected urea, typically on most dry stock farms, we switch over to can-based products or compounds during the season. We've heard a lot about protected urea at the moment. What's its role? Maybe we start first with what is protected urea? Um, protected urea is the new kid on the block. It's a nitrogen fertiliser first and foremost. So it's it's in the same category as urea can and now protected urea. So it's a urea-based fertiliser with some extra protection on it to stop uh, the emissions of nitrogen or the loss of nitrogen uh, both up and down so leaching where the nitrogen can move through the soil and go out with the water or up into the atmosphere with either a greenhouse gas emission or an ammonia emission these are all losses to the farm business losses of nitrogen from the soil and it's nitrogen that you're not going to get back to grow your grass where protected urea comes in is in dry weather uh, where it's dry and windy and sunny urea uh, doesn't perform very well and so, farmers will know that so we're talking like the period from kind of mid to late april onward yeah that's, that's why we've always said to avoid using urea in the past during that period farmers have always it's been tried and tested on farms uh, farmers will use urea early season and then switch over to can the difference with protected urea is it enables you to use a urea based nitrogen all year round so when you would be changing typically changing over to can fertilizer protected urea will do the job for that mid-season and late-season nitrogen round. So it's a great substitute for can. It's cheaper per unit or, or per kilo of nitrogen. Um, so it's also better in terms of your bottom line. And uh, it, it is protecting the environment. So it's reducing our national greenhouse gas emissions and agriculture has its part to play there too. That's probably it's one of the key steps that we need to meet our targets. It's a, it's a real key technology. Uh, we need we need uh, to move a, a good chunk of our can market over to a protected urea market. But like it's a win-win in terms of, as you mentioned, it is cheaper as a source of end during that period. Agronomically, it stacks up. So uh, there's no difference in terms of grass growth compared with can. If anything, it's more efficient in terms of total nitrogen recovery over the year. And on the law of averages, you're going to grow a little bit more grass if you recover more nitrogen. It's cheaper, so those are the two big agronomic benefits, and then we have all the environmental benefits that accrue as well. Just in terms of its use with compounds, so typically can is a straight nitrogen, urea is a straight nitrogen. Some of these are available with compounds, but there is a complication there in some cases too. There is. So protected urea is not compatible with phosphorus, so you won't get it in a, a compound with phosphorus. 
Usually it comes either as a straight 46% uh, nitrogen, or you can get it in combinations with potash, so an NK compound or an NS sulfur compound. So it does have options there in terms of either times of the year when you want to get out potash or mid-season if you're trying to get out sulfur, especially on silage fields or something else. So it's a good substitute in those bases. By no means should we be pulling back where you need a good strong compound for grazing like an 18.612 type compound. It's the right ratio of P is to K for grazing. So um, in terms of the program, we need to be still putting on our maintenance in terms of P's and K's in a compound and then where there's opportunities where you would be traditionally using straight nitrogen, that's where we can put in the protected urea. Okay. Just in terms of, like, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of different products. In terms of getting that information, in Chagas, is already sourced on the website? Yeah. So uh, the advisors will have that information. Your local advisor will have that information. But also... There's uh, uh, information that's up on the Chagas website. It's available for everybody to, to look at. That gives the products, uh, it gives fertilizer programs, and it gives, there's a question and answer there to answer most of the questions relating that farmers might have or advisors might have in relation to protected urea. Okay, and look, we'll put that link in the podcast. I think there's some very useful information. David, we covered it right, but there, thank you very much for giving up your time. Hopefully we'll get you back later in the year. Thanks, Karen, and best of luck. We're going to wrap the episode up at this point. I'd like to thank David for joining us. I think he covered a lot of very useful information on the whole subject of nitrogen use, its efficiency, how we get the best return for swing applications, and how protected urea has a role to play, both economically and environmentally for farmers for the coming season. David presented a paper at this year's National Lowland Sheep Conference. That's available on the Chagas website. There's also a couple of very useful links in the description and some fact sheets on protected urea and best practice during spring applications again for any updates on the sheep program keep an eye on our twitter page at Chaga Sheep I'm Kieran Lynch thanks for joining us in this episode of Obicast don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next episode